Hey everyone, I'm doing something a little different than I've done before in the past. I, at least I don't think I've ever done this before. I'm going to do a replay and part of that is I had this nasty tickle in my throat and just talking for a few minutes gets me to coughing and it's just really nasty and I really don't think I could get through a whole episode without just coughing up a lung and so uh, I do need to be prepared for a Sunday morning. So I looked in my archives and there was uh, an episode that was not, I guess, downloaded as much. It was a solo episode, but I think it has more relevance now than I even when I when I talked about it. And it's from March 10th, 2019. And so uh, I think I think this is one of those things that uh, would be great to be able to listen to now. And so it's about uh, the economy and the economy failing and people going through hard times and families having to you know come together and uh, maybe even move in. So I think it has a lot of relevance about even even again with what's going on right now. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to edit out the, the beginning of that episode and go right into it. I believe it was episode 529, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump into that one. Hopefully you will find it to be a blessing this time around. Keep me in your prayers that uh, I don't go further down the rabbit hole with any kind of, uh, you know, the throat and all that kind of stuff. Uh, just, I just don't have time to get sick, right? Just like everybody else. So anyway, I uh, appreciate that. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into this episode. And so there's uh, just been some things that have happened the last couple of weeks that have got me really thinking about what would happen if we were in a complete economic spiral. Now, there's other things that have kind of brought me to this place where I just wanted to share some of my thoughts. The big thing is, you know, on the Drudge Report, there was uh, the big headline was Caracas plunged into darkness and uh, that's Venezuela and they're plunged into darkness. I think it's a couple of days worth now. Um, even my wife had brought it up and she normally doesn't, you know, refer to things that I have, you know, either uh, linked to on uh, the Facebook page or, or whatever. But, you know, it kind of came up that she feels bad for people that are, or people that are losing their lives just because they can't get dialysis because there's not electricity, you know, in in the the cities and things going on. Now, of course, on the Drudge Report, you know, in red letters right now, as I'm looking at it, it says Maduro blames the U.S. cyber attack. Well, we know, and I've been talking about that for a while. If you've been a listener to the podcast for any length of time, I share out the Organic Preppers articles, and she has a writer, Jose, I can't remember his last name, Jose, who is from Venezuela, who shares things that are going on in Venezuela. And one of the things that he has been saying for the longest time is that the people that run or that ran the electrical grid, that the people that knew, the engineers, the people that know how to do things behind the scenes and stuff, a lot of those people have bailed. And so it's just a matter of time before the grid started to fail and people weren't able to bring it back up because they just don't have experience. There's not like the manual, like, hey, when when this part of the grid fails, bring up this manual, right? Uh, they just don't have that stuff over there. And so he was mentioning that it's just a matter of time. They were already kind of experiencing it, but now they're really, truly experiencing it. You know, in a situation like Venezuela, the people who have money, they're not suffering right now. The people who have money can bring in you know, uh, imports and things like that. They can have generators that can power their homes. They have security. They have all of that kind of stuff. 
It's the regular common folk people that are suffering. People are dying. People are, I mean, they haven't had medicine, modern day medicine for a, a long period of time. And this was, you know, one of those, one of those countries that should not, This, you know, you're looking at a tropical climate where you can grow a lot of food. You're talking about an oil rich uh, nation, right? And so really they shouldn't be struggling like, like they're struggling. And so it's all back to the dictator, you know, uh, Maduro and the guy before him. I can't, my mind is going blank. I can't remember his name. But anyway, so, you know, you, you know that that stuff has been happening. Those of us in the preparedness community have been following it for a while because we see what's going on over there and we can kind of get an idea of what it might be like. We can go back and we can see what things were like in Russia when they went through an economic collapse. And, you know, we have Fernando Aguirre in the preparedness community who uh, over at the Modern Survivalist, and he pretty much does mostly YouTube videos right now. But he talks a lot about Argentina and he's written a book, uh, several books that are really good. And if you, you know, you're looking for something about what it might look like on an economic spiral downward. And I'm going to talk just a little bit about that here in just a minute economic collapse, economic spiral. I think they're two different things, but you get an idea of what you will encounter in something like that. So these two, these things kind of, you know, are coming up. So the whole idea of Venezuela and what's happening there, but also I've been dealing with, for the last couple of weeks, we've had family members who have moved in with us for the last two weeks and uh, kind of taken over my office. And so you have uh, me, I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but when I've done my podcast, I've had to go really, really quickly. Maybe I'm talking a little bit fast on, on the, the, the podcast episodes where I wasn't doing interviews. So the last two, the two episodes with Dr. Bones, which if you haven't listened to those, you really need to listen to it because he provides a lot of great information. But those I'm able to do that podcast interview, you know, earlier, and then I'm able to kind of break it up and I do a beginning and an end. I can do that later on. But those that where I'm actually reading the article and I'm, you know, doing the podcast and editing and all that kind of stuff, I felt like I was having to hurry up and and speak very quickly and and read very quickly. Although I think I I do that on a regular basis anyway. But it just seemed like I was rushed to get it through because I have my nephew and his wife and their two month old baby here. And so the baby sometimes will cry and and stuff like that. And I've, I've uh, ended the podcast sometimes then go out, and let everyone know, hey, I'm done with the podcast or at least recording it. And they might be as far away from the microphone as possible, you know, bouncing the baby, trying to keep the baby quiet so it doesn't come through the microphone. Right. And so, you know, all these different challenges that are there. And so it's, uh, you know, my nephew, my daughter or his his wife, I guess my niece, I was going to say daughter-in-law, his niece or my niece, their two-month-old baby, and then a stepdaughter. And then later on, you know, over on the weekends, uh, the other, you know, his his real daughter uh, has come and stayed. And so we have, you know, five extra people in the house and, and dealing with it. And so just a little bit of insight there of what it might be. So I wanted to share a couple of thoughts and ideas. And this is something that has come up before in the past. I almost wrote an article on it and I just never got around to do it because it's just been 
um, it's been so crazy for me and just sitting down to write an article. I like to have quiet and, um, you know, I'm able to focus. I just haven't had that recently. So I haven't written too many articles, but I do have a little bit of time, you know, this evening while I'm recording this podcast. And I wanted to share some ideas and some thoughts. So I'm going to talk a little bit about economic spiral. I want to talk about the family dilemma because I think a lot of us, more than we really want to admit, are going to find ourselves in that kind of situation. So let me go ahead and jump in. So when we're talking about SHTF, we talk about, you know, all the things that we can experience, right? There's so many different things that we prepare for. There's so many different things that we that we think could happen. In a true SHTF, when when things like it's immediate or you see it happening and it's happening very, very quickly, people's eyes get to see that and, and they open up very quickly and they realize, hey, you know, I, I can make the jump from this to this to this, right? I can make the jump from there's economic uh, situations going on that's going to cause people to freak out and maybe go get their money out of the bank. That's going to cause a run on the banks. Banks are going to slow down. They're not going to have a money to give. Uh, you know, they're going to shut down whatever. And I might not be able to, you know, use my credit cards. I don't have cash. And you can kind of make those jumps. But I don't want to talk about the big, quick, you know, economic collapse that happens, you know, like boom all at once, or at least happens in something maybe like even in a week or a month or something like that. I want to talk a little bit more about that spiral down, right? That economic spiral down. So we think a lot of the times we think about economic collapse. And, you know, again, I'm going back to Fernando Aguirre, you know, who talks about what happened in Argentina, and he refers to it as a collapse but it was really more of a spiral down. A collapse to me is more when everything completely shuts down. And a spiral down to me is something that happens slowly over time, over and over again. And you might not even be affected by it. You might not even realize it. You know, when I got into preparedness, it was a little bit after the crash of uh, 2008. And we knew that there was things going on and here in Houston we realized that, you know, there was, you know, we had you know, Lehman Brothers and Bear Stearns and we saw all the things in the news. Um, we saw gas was going through the roof, man. We were always complaining about the price of gas and things like that. But we weren't feeling the actual pinch like people up north were feeling, right? And when things really started to get crazy as far as, you know, the stock market and stuff, I mean, I don't have a lot of money in the stock market. You know, I'm not, I don't have a lot of money anyway to be able to be playing around with stuff like that. So when the stock market goes up and down, I'm aware of what's going on. I think you need to be aware. But as far as looking to my future or looking to any of that kind of stuff, it's like, you know, it's, I understand that that's other people's money. I understand that that sends ripple effects. It was shortly after that that I got into preparedness and started realizing going back a little bit because it was so fresh. 2008 was so fresh that it could have been really, really bad. And when you start really listening to some of the players that were involved, it could have gotten really, really bad. And so, you know, you have that thing where the economic collapse could have been very, very bad. 
But then you have this spiral that begins to happen. And again, we were here in Houston. We weren't feeling the pinch. We were able to continue on with our lives. We knew we were reading the stories and we were seeing, you know, on the Internet of other people that were losing jobs and, you know, businesses were going out and all those types of things. But for the most part, we weren't truly feeling it. So when it goes down like that, and you are like, oh, hey, I feel sorry for those people. I might even be praying for those people. You know, if there's something I can do, okay. But for the most part, it's not really affecting you. It doesn't really rock your world like a true economic collapse would happen, right? But I think what we're seeing now is we're seeing this spiral down more and more. And I know there's a lot of the, you know, make America great again. And we look at the stock market and the stock market is doing really great. But guys, that's not really affecting our bottom line. Those of us who are on, I don't know, they talk about Main Street and, and you know, the, the stock market, right? And all that kind of stuff. That's really not affecting people on Main Street, right? I mean, we, we're living our lives. We're seeing differences in that. Uh, the people that are really truly, truly benefiting from like the stock market are the ultra rich. The rich are getting richer, man. They're getting, they're like, they're, uh, their portfolios are blowing up, right? And so they have tons of money in the banksters and all that kind of stuff. And, and we aren't truly, truly feeling that. And so what we are feeling though, is we're starting to see some slips in, you know, in the, the economy as far as stuff like groceries, right? I've talked about this before, but there's an increase in the price of groceries little by little. You know, we went out to eat just recently and there was uh, we noticed that some of the things that we normally buy, you know, there was like a, an extra dollar added on here, an extra dollar added on there. Now, that doesn't normally affect you. That's not going to keep you from going out to eat, but it's the creep right? It's that economic creep that continues to happen. I went and got my hair cut yesterday. And for the last couple of times I've gone, it seems like, well, maybe not the last time, but maybe two or three times before that they had increased the price. And then this time again, they increased the price. Now they're not jumping like four or five dollars, things like that, but it was a dollar, an extra dollar. And I noticed it. I'm like, man, all right, here we go. You know, we're starting to see these things. And I guess all these things are kind of playing into my thought process here is we're seeing that. And maybe we don't see increase in prices. If you go to the grocery store, I know that I've mentioned this before, but you buy things and the packages are smaller. So it might be the same price, but packages are smaller. You're actually getting less than what you used to get for the same price. And so it's, it's a kind of a psychological thing, right? Like you're not increasing we're not increasing your prices but you are getting less than what you normally get and that is that financial crunch it is that economic spiral downward that they are experiencing and they are passing it down to the consumers right another thing that you might see is just a loss in in jobs in certain sectors of the economy I know at one point, the oil and gas here in Texas, it had really stopped. And I knew a lot of people that were out of work and it's starting to pick up again. But I know that there's people that are looking for jobs that can't find 
jobs. You know, I, someone today in church said, hey, Todd, if you know someone who's looking for a job, I'm, I'm looking for a job, you know, and at least those good paying jobs or jobs that will pay a living wage where you can uh, go out and you can live and maybe you can support a family member or at least support yourself in a, a cheap apartment or something like that. Those are becoming harder and harder to find or people are working maybe two or three part-time jobs to be able to do that, right? And so we've been, we're experiencing that. You might be experiencing that right now. You you might be in that situation or you definitely know people that unless you just live a very sheltered life and you don't go outside your home, you know people that are going through this, maybe in your own family, people that are going through this. And so, you know, I had the experience of my nephew and my niece, niece-in-law, whatever, and their kids living with us. And this, again, like I said, this is just kind of coming up. And I just realized that more and more people are going to begin to feel this and are going to have to experience this as uh, we go through this spiral, this economic spiral downward. I was experiencing it when I was on the campus, you know, and but Texas was still good. We were still okay. Our economy was all right. But we had a lot of people moving from California. You know, kids would come in and whenever there was a new registration, you know, it would come it would come to our desk if it was one of uh, the grade levels that I dealt with. Right. And so we would open it up and there was just numerous, numerous kids who were moving from or with their families from California. And it was really California and Louisiana. It just seemed like people were moving from there. And we saw a lot of that happening, but it wasn't just there weren't, they weren't just moving into homes. They were moving in with other family members. And so we had this one group of siblings who, I mean, they were great kids and everything, but one of the issues was, is that they were living with these other this family member, right? So they moved from California to uh, to Houston and they were living with them and they lived with them for about five, I think five, six months. And so you know, we had this group of kids here and then all of a sudden one day they're here and then, the, you know, five, six months later, they're gone. And it was kind of a big, you know, everybody, everybody knew who they were, at least, you know, they knew that, hey, that they were living with these other people and stuff like that. And it, there was more than just one family. But it was, and the reason why we knew is because it was a big sibling group. And so it was just, you realize when they were gone, you know? And so they were starting to, and I don't know if they were moving around to another family member's house or they finally got on their feet and they were able to get their own apartment or own home or whatever. But we saw that happening on a regular basis. More and more people are having two and three family uh, family homes because they just can't afford to live any other way. And again, I really truly believe that this is going to happen more and more. And like I said, I think there's people already affected by this and you're already experiencing this uh, because the economy is so bad and people can't afford it. So, you know, one of the things when we talk about, you know, the poop hits the fan is that a lot of people say, you know what, I have prepared all my life or I've been preparing all these years and I've prepared for my family and my kids and you know when the poop hits the fan no one is coming over and I understand that I understand that because I've kind of gone through that myself and not necessarily in preparedness but just in like 
we try to do everything the right way. We try to, even when we were having our kids, right? Our kids are older, but when we were young and we were struggling financially and we could have easily said, hey, we're not making a lot of money. We could go on government assistance and get on you know, Medicare or whatever and have these kids this way. We chose not to do that when we knew other people that were doing it. We choose, chose to struggle through and, and contacted the, the hospital and say, hey, look, we don't have insurance for this, but we're we're going to be paying for this, you know, cash, you know, are there any, anything that you can do? Is there anything you can do there? And a lot of the times the hospitals work with you like, yeah, we'll put you on a payment plan until you get to the point where you have the baby and you can pay cash. And since you're paying cash, we'll give you this financial break. And we just did that. We did a monthly payment until we paid off the amount of the, um, you know, of, of the stay at the hospital and everything was, was fine. And we weren't, dependent on government assistance. And there was people that we knew that were on government assistance that really didn't need to be. They just chose to go the easy route instead of having to sacrifice a little bit. And so, you know, there's going to be a lot of that. And there's going to be, you get to a point where there's just no more of that, right? And so you got to do something. And so Anyway, going back to this thing, when the poop hits the fan, a lot of people are like, I'm not going to allow people that, you know, I've been telling my family to prepare and I'm not going to allow them to come into my home and to take my preps and to, to do all that. I've been preparing all these all these years. And I've always mentioned that one article, you know, I never I never went back and tried to find it, but someone had written an article even talking about their own mother. And she was saying, uh, it was it was a woman who was writing it, and, it, and she was saying, you know, when the poop hits the fan, I've been talking to my mom about uh, preparing, and they're not listening. And when the poop hits the fan, if they come and they knock on my door, they're going to be met at the end of a double barrel shotgun, right? And I'm like, come on. I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, I understand people, you know, you telling them that they need to prepare and they don't prepare, but you, are you really going to draw your shotgun on your mom, on your own mom? And I understand there's people out there who have very bad relationships with parents and family members and stuff like that. And maybe that would be very easy for you, but I just find that very hard to do. And not only from a family perspective, because I mean, our family's pretty tight, but just from a Christian perspective as well. So if you are, and I've mentioned this before, if you are someone who preps for your family and not everybody in your family is on board the same with the same mentality that you have, and let's say that the poop hits the fan and you get, you know, people start calling and saying, hey, you know what, can I come stay with you? Do you have any extra food? Do you have any of that kind of stuff? And, and you start saying, no, I, you know, I told you to prepare all this time. What I have is for me and my family. You're going to have to deal with your spouse who maybe is having to turn away their, their own mother or father or, or brother and sister, right? And kids, you're going to have to deal with your own kids who are going to say, you know, daddy, mommy, we can't turn grandma, you know, out on the streets by herself. We can't turn my cousin or my uncle or whatever. Come on. We need to bring them in. We need to help them and take care of them. You're going to be dealing with that. And so uh, if you listen to Dr. Bones's interview, the last the last two, I can't remember exactly which one it was. I mean, he did mention that as well. I think a lot of the times we have these these things where we're going to say we're not going to do that. But you're dealing with other family members. You know, you, if your spouse says, 
you know what? You know, we need to take in our family members and life is going to be hell if you don't do that. So you're dealing with hell one way or the other, right? So you have this idea when the poop hits the fan that, oh my gosh, I, I, you know, have this idea of how I'm going to operate. But when it's not a complete collapse, when it's not a complete, complete, you know, the end of the world as we know it, what if it was a spiral down, an economic spiral down where things just, they start getting harder and they start getting harder and you're not, you know, you have a family member not able to make rent, not able to make, you know, buy food for groceries and things like that. You know, are you going to open up your home at that point? Are you going to open up your preps? Are you going to open up your heart at that time? And I think that we are already there. I think a lot of people are already facing that. So there are a couple of things that I just wanted to bring out that if you find yourself in this situation, there's a couple of things that you should do to make your life just a little bit easier. And just things that I experienced just in the last two weeks, right, that makes sense as I was starting to process this through, if we were in a long-term economic spiral down. The first thing is this, truly for everyone's sanity, you need to have schedules. There, there just needs to be schedules. So people are on you know different schedules for whatever, going to school, going to work, and, and those things need to be done, especially when you have you know, a certain amount of bathrooms. So like in, in my home, we have two restrooms, two bathrooms and two showers, all that kind of stuff. And some of you, you might have a lot bigger home. Some of you might have a smaller home where you only have one restroom and you have all these people going into it who are needing to get ready, who are needing to brush their teeth, who are needing to take a shower and get ready for work and, and put on makeup and all those different kinds of things. It's going to be one of those things where schedules need to be made. So especially for the bathroom, how are we going to do that? You have people that normally take a shower in the morning. Maybe they might need to be taking a shower at night. You have, you know, or you have that, that little break there and people need to understand you can't go in there and take an hour in the bathroom. You need to be able to get in there, get out, do your business and, and, and move, move, move because we have a lot of other people. So schedules, being able to get with everyone, sit down with everyone and saying, what is your need? What is your need? What is your need? If you have work schedules and you have things like that, the, the priorities should be work. Those people that actually have work, they need to go to work. They should have priority to get into things. But at the same time, they still need to be under a schedule, right? What about chores? It's, it's one thing. Things can get very messy. Things can get very chaotic when you have a bunch of people living in one space. So my wife and I, we have older kids and our kids, they have their routine. They have their rooms. They like going into their rooms and hanging out. They've got their electronics and all that kind of stuff. We we stay pretty quiet out in the living room. We like our quiet. We like our, our home with things put in, in nice places. But when you have a lot of kids running around and a lot of people, things get set here and there. And by the time you know it, things start piling up. There needs to be some kind of a schedule for chores like, hey, we, you know, at this time we do things and we get these things taken care of. When my wife and I ran the group home for kids in CPS custody, when we were first married, we did that for 12 years. We did this. So we, it was us two. And then we had, you know, somewhere between five to seven kids living with us in the home. And it was a home that was owned by the agency. And then our kids, you know, kind of grew up in that uh, to a certain point. 
And so we had a lot of people all in one area and we we worked with schedules and you know kids came home they they got on their homework they had snack we started cooking dinner uh, you know we ate and then there was cleanup time and chore time and everybody had their stuff on Saturday it was a deep cleaning you know day and everybody cleaned everybody had their their spot and their chore and everything that needed to be done and that's going to have to be done as well when you get into the situation, right? There's going to be schedules for cooking. You're going to need that. You're going to need to be able to cook. And not everybody, you know, when you go in and you're cooking for a lot of people, there's extra things that you need to do and extra things that you need to consider. You know, right now, sometimes, you know, we're just cooking for our small little family. But when there's a lot of other people, you got to think about what you're making and all that kind of stuff. I'll talk about that in just a minute. But you know, cooking and then cleaning and all those types of things, it would be very helpful to have a schedule where people are completely understanding, hey, you're going to live here. You're going to be part of this. You are going to have chores. You are going to have, uh, you know, times where you're going to do clean up, vacuum, uh, cook, dust, whatever it is that you're going to be doing. For your sanity, there needs to be bedtimes. It, this is going to be a harder one because people have different sleep patterns, right? And so people just need to understand, look, at a certain time, Everything shuts down. We can't leave the TV going loud, especially when there's people who maybe don't have jobs and and they're not working, but people do work and they need to get their sleep, right? And so there needs to be that understanding like, hey, at a certain time, things go off. You go, you lay down in your bed, or if you're not, if you're not sleepy, then you read, you know, while, while you're laying down or whatever. Eventually, I think schedules, your body gets used to a certain schedule and you start kicking into that. But schedules are a big deal. Sitting down and be able, being able to make a schedule is going to be very, very important when you have family members coming in and moving in with you. Another big piece to this is going to be cooking. And so I've already kind of mentioned this, but when you have a lot of other family members coming in, joining in, where it might be very easy right now to go get something to eat or, you know, you go and like, hey, we're going to order takeout or we're just going to go out to a nice restaurant today. When you have a lot of people, you can't do that. That's going to, it costs a lot of money and you're really not going to be able to buy those easy processed foods, which you really shouldn't be eating anyway from the grocery store. But uh, you know, you're, those are going to be very expensive. You're going to need to be able to cook very affordably. And it could be that, you know, you're, you're, you're floating the bill for a lot of, you know, the people that are there who can't afford it. And so you're buying things that will go, uh, you know, will last a long time. So you're buying a lot of, you know, those like rice and beans and, and, and you're cooking it up. And of course you make it as good as possible, right? And you use spices and all that kind of stuff, but you start thinking differently when you have a lot of people to cook for. You're making big casseroles. You're making, you know, bigger meals that can go a long way. And so, you know, you're cooking from scratch. And so that's going to be one of those things that you need to be ready to do. Again, you need to, you're probably already facing this, right? The other aspect of this is cleanup, right? A lot of the times the people that are actually cooking might not be the, unless they just love to do it. And maybe it's, you know, mama's kitchen and mama doesn't like anybody else in her kitchen but her, right? And so, you know, that's fine. But if that's not the case, then you need to allow other people to go in there and and clean, right? Clean and you let them know, hey, this is the way we clean in my house, right? Hygiene is a very, very big deal. So I'm not even really 
uh, you know, dealing with that aspect of it. Uh, I want to, I wanted to blast back very quickly because it just kind of jogged my memory. One, those sibling, that big sibling group that I was mentioning earlier that when I was on the campus, there was like multiple days and weeks, it seemed like that they had these, these certain, I don't know, they had their heads covered, right? And so, I don't know, people were thinking maybe it was some religious thing or whatever. And what it turned out is that lice was going through the house. And so their mom was like, hey, I am putting these things over you and to make sure that, you know, your hair is not exposed because we don't want to have to deal with lice, right? And so when you are in a situation where there's a lot of people there and you don't have that hygiene, you're not, you know, washing clothes, the schedules, I didn't even talk about that, right? Schedules for washing clothes and and, and stuff like that. You need to make sure that good hygiene is being sought after because if not you can have something like you know lice go through and that will or not even lice but you can even like the flu and and sickness and different things like that and everybody can be down and then that's that would be terrible right if you're if you're dealing with a you know a bunch of other family members and everybody is sick like that right if you're dealing with a situation where there's kids or there's a lot of kids you really need to be purposeful on how they are handled. And so one of those things, if you're, if you're a mama or the mama is there, they really need, this is not vacation time, right? This is not time to sit back and relax and catch up on all the, the television shows that you've missed because you're staying with someone else. You need to be able to, because kids can get really rowdy and loud, especially for people that are not uh, not used to it anymore, right? They've raised their kids. Their kids are, you know, in in a certain place. And so really parents need to be thinking about this. They need to have activities, being purposeful, maybe taking the kids outside and wearing their butts out, you know, taking them to the park, letting them play outside, letting them be kids and do that, you know, get them out from, you know, taking over. The worst thing that I would think is where they take over the television. Now I've kind of experienced that, right? Where they come over and it's like Cartoon Network comes on or, you know, Nickelodeon comes on. And so you're hearing all these kids shows over and over again. And kids are just kind of bouncing around. You're like, man, forget that. They need to go outside and they need to run and they need to wear their butts out. So if you are, you know, this is your house, or you are the person in charge, you need to make these things very, very clear to people. It's like, hey, you need to get your kids out and you need to run them. They need to be worn out so they can go to bed at a certain time. And they're not going to have complete control of the television. Maybe they're able to watch one show or two shows or whatever, right? And if you have a big home and you're able to send kids to one room, you know, more power to you. But if not, if you're like most people in America where, you know, you're you're living the life and you're getting by and you're doing all that kind of stuff, there needs to be some limits. And you're like, no, kids aren't going to do this. So very purposeful. When it's light outside, you're you're running them. They're outside. They're playing and they're you're, they're just dealing with it. They're outside as much as possible. Maybe they you have some crafts available for them so they're able to go to the kitchen table maybe after things kind of settle down for the evening after everybody has eaten and you're able to go in there and it's like hey here's some crafts right cut out pictures you're gonna you know you're gonna glue them down whatever uh, you know play-doh all that kind of stuff a structured craft time where they're able to go and and do that and that's the option that they get you know it's like you get to do this or you get to go to bed and 
the parents are going to have to understand, again, like I said, this isn't free time. This isn't uh, vacation time. This is like everybody has to work together to be able to make the place a sane place. Because here's the, here's the reality of it. Stress levels are going to be high. It doesn't matter how much of the, you can have the biggest heart in the world. You can like, hey, I want to help people out. And you can start to serve them and you, you, all that and, and be the Christian. But eventually, stress is going to start to run run high, especially if you don't start putting some of these things in place. If you don't start putting schedules in place, if the house doesn't stay tidy, if chores aren't being done, stress levels are going to go high. Imagine people who don't have jobs and they're, you know, they're living with you and you go to work and you come home and you come home to a pigsty. Can you imagine that? Like, no, 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 this is not going to happen. So you need to set those things, those expectations right off the bat and not be afraid to confront people that are not you know, pulling their weight. And for them, the option is you're going to abide by these rules and you're going to have to do these things or you're out. I'm sorry. This is, not, this is the way it's going to be. And I know that the, the, the most terrible thing is dealing with a family member who is not grateful, right? So that's not my situation, but I know that there's other people that deal with that. And dealing with family members, whether it's a, a kid who's moved back, right? I'm seeing that. I know people that are experiencing that where kids are older, right? They have their own kids and and their family, whatever happened, you know, the job loss or whatever, they're moving back in with parents and parents have been maybe empty nesters and they were thinking for, you know, hey, for my life, you know, this is where we were planning and this is where we were going. And now I find myself being like a full-time mom and a full-time grandparent all, you know, all again. And this is, this is not what I imagined for my life. So expectations are going to be, are need to be laid down and they're going to need to be met. And if they're not, there's going to have to be some consequences where it's finally like, Hey, you're going to have to leave. I'm sorry. You know, I want to help you, but you're going to have to do these things. Cause if not, we, we just can't, we can't survive and it's not fair. Right. And the other side of that is going to be patience and understanding on everybody's side. There might be people that move in with you for whatever reason, and they just don't have the capacity to understand, right? Most people are grateful. Most people are very caring and all. But there are some people out there that just don't see because they've never experienced life maybe where the home was tidy, they never experienced life where everybody chipped in to make life easier in the home. And so there's going to be a little bit of patience and understanding. And there's going to be maybe some reteaching that goes forth, even with older people. It's like, hey, this is the way things are done. This is how things are going. Sometimes you'll realize maybe the characteristics that you're seeing in somebody might be the same reason why they don't have a job, right? So you have that. And so there's a little bit of teaching and a little bit of, of help and patience and understanding that uh, that goes on. Guys, there's a lot more to this I know that I can cover and I can deal with. The fact is, is I think this is happening more than we truly realize where we are experiencing this because people can't make it out there. We have this idea of what life should be like in America and we just can't hack it anymore. And people are having to, uh, you know, to move in. You have multifamily families living in one home. You know, at some point, maybe a grandparent needs or, you know, your parent 
grandparent to your kids, but your elderly parent might need to move in and uh, move into your home, you know, and that's going to add a whole different, they've been used to living on their own all their life. And all of a sudden you have, uh, you're taking care of your parent and they are living with you, right? And that's, that's a whole different scenario as well. And I just think that we're going to experience this more and more. I think a lot of people are experiencing and it's happening right now. So here's the thing. If you are experiencing this or you know of people that are experiencing this, I would love for you to come over to episode 526 and draw me a line on on that, right? You know, hey, Todd, here I'm right in the middle of what you're talking about or Todd, I have experienced exactly what you're talking about. And these are some of the things that we did to make life easier. And I would love for you to share that because I believe that we are in this economic spiral and I believe that we're going to experience this more and more. And if you're not just just wait. I mean, if you're, if I I think you're going to, you know, I think a lot of people are. And so you might find yourself never having to deal with this, but I think most people are because it just, things are getting priced out of control. People can't afford it. They're not finding jobs that can pay a living wage. And it's just, people are struggling, right? And so as we experience this more and more, I truly believe that it can be a big blessing in something like this. Yes, stress levels can go up. I think patience and understanding, but I also think that it can be a very big blessing where families are coming together, people are coming together, and they're realizing that there's more in common. They can help each other out, and it can be the symbiotic relationship where, hey, you go off to work. When you come home, I can have dinner ready. I can have the house clean until I find my job, right, or whatever that might be. So I think all those things can can happen and play a part in that. So anyway, like I said, if you have experienced this, if you are right in the middle of this, share with me some of the challenges and some of the maybe some of the wins that you have experienced, some of the ways that you have made life a little bit more tolerable and maybe some of the things that are completely getting on your nerves that you're about to lose and you just need to talk to somebody about. You can do it, you know, anonymously. You don't have to leave your real name or whatever. And even if you leave your your email, that doesn't necessarily get shared with everyone. On episode 526, I make it very easy for you to go and share that. Uh, you know, in in the show notes, you can click over there very quickly and share that out uh, with everyone. And you know, maybe we can help someone out there, someone who is finding themselves in this situation. Maybe we can help someone out there. All right, everyone. Well, hopefully you enjoyed that episode, uh, that replay there. Um, I'm going to go ahead and cut out all the the end part because things have changed so much since March 10th. 2019 and it was episode 526 not 529 and so hopefully uh, you know hopefully it was a blessing to you uh, and um, you know I appreciate just the the understanding there all right I'm going to go ahead and end it there y'all have a great week peace <laughs>